Hello everyone, you're listening to America Meditating Radio. We collect wisdom, inspire each other, and empower hearts on demand 24-7. I'm Sister Jenna, host of the syndicated America Meditating Radio. Join us as we talk one-on-one with leading experts who answer life's most compelling questions. Because in a world of uncertainty, we need answers right here, right now. America Meditating Radio, a show for everyone to learn more about this amazing thing called life. Om Shanti. The time that we choose to be aware doesn't necessarily require me to just sit and meditate. But even while I walk and move around, I can be in a meditative awareness, which is awareness of the soul, the original, eternal, imperishable being of light. For a little while, I'd like to invite you to be present, to be here, and to be now. Allow your mind to settle in the moment, to relax. This meditation is about awareness. It's about becoming aware of your original and eternal self. It's about connecting to your truth. Let go of your name. And observe yourself feeling nameless. Let go of your gender to discontinue thinking you're a man or a woman. Let it go and observe how you would feel walking around without a gender. Let go of the role that you play and let go of the titles that you own. Observe how you're feeling as you are gradually letting go. Let go of your religion and put it aside just for now. And let go of your nationality and even the language that you're accustomed to. Imagine you have no name, gender, role, title, religion, nationality, or even a language. 
ask yourself, how do you feel at this moment? And in this feeling, who would think of you and who would you think of? Supreme Soul would think of you, and you, the liberated soul, would think of the Supreme. In this state of absolute freedom, I am truly who I am. A free Peaceful, pure, immortal, and eternal soul. Allow yourself to just be absorbed. opportunity, but the health opportunity wasn't even a problem. It was the love. Can you believe this? 
me normal average people would be like, oh, my God, the health opportunity, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and they would feed from the love, but not me, not your sister Jenna. It would be the love that's the factor. Forget the health opportunity. Like, oh, my goodness, what is going on? <laughs> anyway, this is what you get when you tune into America Meditating Radio. You get honesty. You get transparency. You get the real deal. And speaking about the real deal, we have Pamela Whitman, who teaches a weekly class on the text of A Course in Miracles. I love that. She's doing it now via Zoom, and she has led the daily National A Course in Miracles workbook conference call since 2013. Her new book, Yield to Joy, The Miraculous Power of Forgiveness, was recently published by Waterside Productions, a nice production company. And Pamela is a frequent guest speaker at Spiritual Centers and her Miracle Revolution and Miracles radio programs were broadcast on various outlets, including the Himalayan Broadcasting Company in Nepal. Pamela is an ordained minister of A Course in Miracles and a concert flutist with a degree in flute performance from the University of Michigan. She has been the principal flutist of the Ocean City Pops Orchestra since 1989, and she composes and records music for meditation and relaxation on a collection of flutes from around the world. Give a big hand. And let us welcome Pamela Whitman to America Meditating Radio. Hi, Pamela. Welcome. Hello. It's so wonderful to join with you today. <laughs> it's so happy to have you as well. One of my very dear friends, Marianne Williamson, always mentions A Course in Miracles, which was where she got like her opening and her aha to live the life that she's living. So it's such a powerful teaching. Absolutely. I was so blessed to be able to attend Marianne's lectures for many years when I was living in Los Angeles, and it really helped me to get through the course in my early relationship with the course. She has such a gift for explaining it. She sure does. So how did you get into A Course in Miracles? I know that it's a very popular teaching, especially in spiritual communities, but how did it bump into you, or how did you bump into it? Well, the book was given to me as a gift, and what a gift it was. I hear this story from many people. I had it for many years, and it collected dust on a bookshelf in the front of my house. The good books always <laughs> do that. <laughs> I had one of those, too, for like five years, and I was cleaning up, and I opened it, and I had not put it down, and I ended up buying about 10 copies for people. It was called The Actor in You by Bob Benedetti. It was incredible. Well, I'll make a note of that. That sounds like a great one. I'm writing it down. (laughs) So it was, you know, in the front of my house, and I spent a year reading Discover the Power Within You by Eric Butterworth, who was my unity minister when I lived in New York, beautiful minister, And that book, I would read a little bit every day, and it was just blowing my mind. And after I finished the book, I tried reading some self-help books, that kind of thing, and they all seemed very fluffy. I wanted a book that would really stretch me. So I prayed for a book that would stretch me. And then one day, The Course in Miracles was on my director's chair in my bedroom, and I picked it up. 
and realized this is the book that will stretch me. And I don't know how it got there. I don't know who was used to transport that book, but the Holy Spirit used someone as an answer to that prayer. I was ready, and I have not put that book down. And at the time, I was going back and forth between New Jersey and California, and I became a workbook dropout. I was in love with the text. I was at a Marian Williamson lecture. This was at the time of cassette tapes, and I was crying <laughs> at the tape sale. <laughs> I was oh crying God. to the lady who was selling the tapes about something that seemed very important at the time, but I have no idea what it was. You know, it, <laughs> At the mm-hmm. time, it was very dramatic, whatever the problem I was perceiving. And it was as if the woman was psychic or something. She said, are you doing the workbook? And I said, no, it's too hard. (laughs) That's the daily meditation part where we invite Uh the Holy Spirit into our minds to actually undo the ego. So I remember that she said, today's the 27th day of the month. So why don't you just start with Lesson 27 and... Just take it from there. And so I dropped back into the workbook, and I haven't stopped. I haven't dropped out since. It cracks me up that a former workbook dropout now is a daily workbook facilitator. And now I'm the one when people are like, you know, course students saying, oh, the workbook, they're having some big problem. I'm like, are you doing the workbook? Now I'm the one suggesting the workbook. Because I know it works. You know, the text is the theory. Mm -hmm. But it's the meditation really is the great healer. You know, it's funny. I have actually never picked up A Course in Miracles. And just talking to you, I'm going, how come I've never read that book? I mean, it just missed me. I don't know why. I just haven't gone into it. But I'm going to start because there's just too much good stuff that has come out of people's mouths that have studied it, and I think I might be missing something. <laughs> well, I recommend it. <laughs> I certainly I recommend it. <laughs> I, bet you, I bet you do. So let's discuss your new book, Yield to Joy, The Miraculous Power of Forgiveness. You write that every situation is an enlightenment opportunity. And, you know, I was sharing earlier, I encountered a health opportunity. First it was my mind, health crisis, health challenge. And then one day in my early meditation, I was like, this isn't a crisis or a challenge. It's an opportunity, Jen. And as I got to that place, due to the health opportunity, it had me going inwards. And I had not known that I was holding resentment for a particular person or just a few and what that was doing to my system. And as I became very clear I says, I have to let this go. I thought I did, but I had not. And so I know that forgiveness has various layers, and I definitely want you to talk about what your book means. And did you also extrapolate the various layers of forgiveness that perhaps we sometimes have to go through to be rid of the memory of what transpired with us? Sure. You know, I love this line in The Course in Miracles that says, Every situation properly perceived is an opportunity to heal the Son of God. Now, just remembering that is so helpful to me. Every situation. So that proper perception 
is coming from our higher mind, the holy mind. So I like to remember that every situation interpreted by the higher mind is an enlightenment opportunity. What happens is, you know, we talk in the spiritual community about oneness, how we're all one. And so our deepest subconscious level, that's our level of oneness. Obviously, we don't have one body, but our deepest subconscious level is that light. The coarse language for it is Christ light, but it could be Buddha, whatever word works for you. That light is our deepest subconscious level. Then our upper subconscious level is that level of the ego thoughts, the unhealed thoughts, our fear thoughts, our grievances that we have not yet addressed. There are unhealed thoughts, our unloving thoughts. So then on the conscious level, you and I are having a conversation that people will listen to. So what happens is, because our true will is to heal, that level of light pushes our unhealed thoughts to the surface. And then they manifest as what we think of as problems. But these problems are actually healing opportunities. So that's where we go, oh, that's what I was thinking. Those are my unresolved, untrue thoughts. But then when we can remember, wow, this is an opportunity for me to heal my unresolved thoughts, that's our choice point. If we blame and say, I feel so-and-so, let's say, unhappy or in pain because, and then we blame, it's their fault or it's the fault of some situation, then we're choosing not to heal. But don't worry, it'll be back. (laughs) Whatever we choose not to heal, the light will push it back up again some other way because we will heal eventually. If we push it back down and don't address it, don't worry, it'll come back some other way. But if when we recognize, wow, this is my healing moment, this is my enlightenment opportunity, and we give our perception of it to the light and we ask to see it differently, we ask that higher mind that isn't interpreting it with judgment or condemnation, and we ask for the healing. We ask to yes. see it through the eyes of enlightenment. Yes. That's how the healing happens. And that's our now, whole part is that willingness. Now, the area of enlightenment, is it also connected to love? Because recently I've been getting a lot of love poured onto me, and I'm actually a very loving person. I was talking to my friends yesterday, and they were laughing at me. I go, I'm loving, right? <laughs> we <were just> <laughs> <up>. <laughs> and, of course, they were like, oh, my gosh, you were like the most loving person that we know. And then here I am in a situation of receiving a lot of love from people, and I was like, oh, my, why is that imbalance there? I should be as equally open to receiving it as I have in giving it. Any thoughts about that? It's such a great question. And that fear of love, that fear of receiving love, is that belief that we have done something wrong. And it comes back to that belief that we have separated from our source. That fear of love is that fear of God because God is love. And it's that subconscious, once again, belief that we actually separated. But it's so beautiful when that realization comes to the surface and we recognize. So we're giving that fear of love, that fear of God, over to that aspect of our mind that recognizes 
it never happened. We could never separate from our source. The aspect of our mind that has the fear thought is not the aspect of the mind that heals it. We're not our own purifiers. We give it over to what the Course calls the Holy Spirit, and that's just one of the names. If that name doesn't resonate with you, there's so many names for it in the Course. Yeah, I think people just need to wake up. God, geez, what's the problem? I mean, come on. If we can call number 45 as if it's nothing around the dinner table, we can definitely talk about God or the Holy Spirit around the dinner table. Yeah. I just, come on, we're already up already, right? Yes, exactly. (laughs) But it's just a universal principle. But there's that aspect of our mind that knows we never separated. So, you know, the aspect of our mind that is afraid surrenders to the aspect of our mind that knows our complete innocence, that we never separated. And so we're yielding to that love. We're yielding to that spirit that knows our eternal innocence. And so by our willingness to hand over our fear thoughts to our higher mind, we're learning to trust that higher mind and to identify with it, to identify with what's already true. That's wonderful, really, really beautiful. So there's another chapter in the book, Yield to Joy, called Shift the Neutral. You wrote about making a spiritual practice of letting go of everything that you think you want. But isn't that a sacrifice, and why would that be beneficial? Here's the thing. You know, Mm -hmm. that's a, a part in the course that, I resisted for so long, and then I realized it wasn't my Christ mind that was resisting it. It was the ego. Because Mm. when we go, like, I'm going to use spiritual principles to manifest what I think I want. Because when we're trying to get what we want in the world, that is where the sacrifice comes in. Here's an example I'll give. One day I got a piece of paper in the mail saying that I could go to the car dealership and I could trade in my car and get a new car without increasing my car payment. So I went to the dealership, and I found out that that was a come on. I couldn't actually do that. And so I left the car dealership with the same old car and a grievance. And I thought that the lack of peace came from someone had done something to me. Before that, I'd been completely happy with the car that I was driving. There is nothing like when something shows up in front of you that's ten times more than where you are at present, to just do something to your system to say, you've got more in you, you've got more in you, you've got more in you. And I find that one of the most fascinating experiences. The interesting thing is that happened in this situation is that time passed and I got in a car accident and totaled that car. Then all of a sudden I got a call from the insurance company saying that car was totaled. All of a sudden, I appeared to love that car. (laughs) Then the insurance lady told me, oh, well, we're going to send you a check and you're going to get a new car. Well, all this back and forth, I realized if what I had wanted the whole time was peace, I could have gotten a piece of paper in the mail, gone to the car dealership found out that i wasn't going to get a new car i could have got in a car accident i could have totaled the old car and gotten a new car and been at peace the whole time so what we learn is if we let go of thinking that our peace and our happiness is going to come from the world 
and recognize that we already have peace, we learn to live as our higher self because our higher self is already happy right now. Our higher Mm -hmm. self is already at peace. Our higher self isn't identifying with the world. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, because it identifies with the higher being. Yes. Yeah, and it is of a higher level of expression. I just think the distractions have taken us away from the remembrance of that. Yes. So what does forgiveness have to do with healing? And if I'm forgiving, am I just turning the other cheek? Okay, so forgiveness and healing are the same thing. It's a great question that you're asking about forgiveness and turning the other cheek. There's a really great clarification about turning the other cheek in The Course of Miracles because they talk about turning the other cheek does not mean submitting ourselves to senseless violence, but turning our face back to God. So it's important that if it's appropriate to set a boundary, then that is sometimes the loving thing to do. And this is something that I really had to learn, that if I'm not setting a boundary when that is what's appropriate, then I'm going into idolatry, and I'm making something more important than love, because people-pleasing is actually a defense against love. If I'm people-pleasing and I'm not setting a boundary when it's appropriate, then what I'm doing is making some form of a relationship more important than the true relationship with source. I'm once again looking into the world to get my identity. And then there'll be some kind of subconscious grievance going on once again, and that's not love, and that's not happiness. It's actually a defense. So we become more clear about the difference between a defense and a boundary. And then remembering that that God is my source, actually identify the feeling of an unset boundary, and then not blame someone. I can go, oh, I'm the one that didn't set the boundary. It's time to set a boundary. And then I can set a boundary in a loving and clear way and keep the emphasis in relationships on the content of happiness, the content of peace, the content of love, instead of holding on to forms that might not be serving those contents, that might not be serving the highest, which is the love, the peace, and the joy in everyone. Mm. So sometimes forgiveness means saying no. Sometimes that's what that looks like. There is that disease of being a people pleaser in the world. And, you know, I think we all go through it, like as teenagers or maybe in our 20s. But at some point when you kind of reach your 40s and 50s, you're like, whatever. In this way, <laughs> you know, you, you do get to another dimension inside of yourself. You know, as we look at the current particular period that we're in on a national and global level. I believe that people are getting an opportunity to go inwards and really see themselves for what they are. There are some that are embracing it with grace, and there are some that are resisting it with force. What's your suggestion to offer those that might be really struggling during this particular period? Well, I believe that you had the answer right there in your question, that this is a time of change, but it's only a time of change in the outer forms. And this is a great opportunity for us 
to find out who we are. You know, it's a period of acceleration of change, but it's a great opportunity. This is a great opportunity for enlightenment. It's an opportunity for us to learn who we really are. And it's only when we resist that opportunity that we find that pain. We're in a period of great light flooding into the planet. So when we choose the voice for fear, we're going to experience fear. We're going to experience pain. When we are constantly referring everything back to God, everything back to the Holy Spirit and saying, interpret this for me, we're going to have an incredible opportunity to find our true self. It's important nowadays because I think there are a lot of folks that are still kind of struggling with trying to discover themselves or come out of this with a sense of confidence, clarity, focus. I've been speaking to so many people, and there's just like a numbness over the land and a numbness within their beings, and sort of just they don't know what to do. Well, now more than ever, there's so much opportunity to join in spiritual community. Even though our bodies can't be together, with the technology that we have, there's so many spiritual teachings out there, and there's so many ways that our minds can join together. And having a spiritual practice, having a spiritual community, it's all available to us. And the training of our minds through spiritual practice will heal us because it's turning to that higher perspective. And it works. Mm -hmm. It takes our willingness to turn to it, though, to retrain our minds from believing in the old thoughts that we've taught ourselves to Mm -hmm. embracing that higher truth. Beautiful. So tell me, at a personal level, what are you working on now? Because I have the book out. This is my first book. I'm learning how to market it and put it out there. I'm also recording new music. As a performing musician, there are no concerts. (laughs) So... I'm also a recording musician. I'm working with my music writing partner, Rich Kurtz, and we're finishing up an album that we're collaborating on with some musicians in Peru, which is really a lot of fun. We're sending back tracks back and forth, and I had a retreat that was scheduled to go to Machu Picchu and bring some people with me, but that has been postponed. But we're still working on the album, and we're getting pretty close to being finished that album, so we'll be putting that out, The Spirit of Peru. It's really fun. I really enjoy collaborating with musicians from other cultures. That's something I've always enjoyed. So we're working with Cesar Villalobos, an Incan flutist from Incan Sun. And we're also working on an album based on songs that are inspired by the ocean. So it's been a very creative time for me. So beautiful. I think that's one of the benefits of being in lockdown is that a lot of our creative juices are definitely flowing through. I've enjoyed having your energy on air, and are there any last-minute thoughts that you'd like to share with our incredible audience? Sure. I just want to encourage anyone who might be going through a change in their job or uncertainty about their job You don't know what the universe has planned for you. I've gone through different changes in my career. I have a nonprofit that I started in 1989, and the form of that has changed several times over the years. But I've always found that 
by giving my willingness to let it serve God, to serve the universe, it's always been fun. (laughs) And it's always been something that has been able to be of service. And to let it flow and see what's going to happen next becomes a really beautiful adventure. I write about that in Yield to Joy, about the different adventures I've had and how there have been times when it's changed the form of it. But by being willing to stick with the content of it, it's been fun. Be open to remember that we're really here to be of service and to trust that you will be used. You will be used to serve the higher good of everyone. And that energy, when we align to the highest good of everyone every day, that is a very highly attractive energy. And then the universe flows through us. I love that. Yeah, so anyone can keep in contact with me through PamelaWhitman.com. And if you visit me there and sign up for the mailing list, I do have a free gift. It's a download of a guided meditation with music that Rich and I created. So I'd love to be able to offer that. It's a morning blessing that can offer some grounding. And I know that this is a meditation podcast. So we've got some meditators listening. (laughs) Thank you so much. It was just a great pleasure to have you on air, and your spirit is just so infectious that it was very refreshing today. Thank you so much. Thanks. I've loved joining with you. Thanks so much for having me on your show. Many blessings. Take care. That was Pamela Whitman. For more information, go to PamelaWhitman.com. Loved her energy. I mean, you know how many times Marianne has spoken to me about Course in Miracles? I've never even thought of picking it up. And as a result of my conversation with Pamela, I'm going to order a copy of the book just to look at it because, I don't know, there's just something that's coming up, maybe because I've been thinking a lot about miracles lately. My producer, Antonio, is laughing at me because I'm like, well, maybe this healer is a good one. (laughs) And I used to tease her. And I used to be like, oh, would you stop going with all those silly people? (laughs) And now she cracks up at me going like, well, let me try this person. might be interesting. At least I'm curious. It never fails, you know, when you're in a particular position in life that it can open up different realities. I still believe, though, more than anything else, in the power of your mental capacity. And I want to urge that to everyone. It's entirely up to you to believe in yourself, to believe in your spiritual abilities, to believe in the power of your thought and your energy, to do your work, to create miracles, to make things change for you not to be dependent on outside forces too much. Got it? All right. Remember, no one can take away your happiness unless you give them permission. And guess what? We are really here to love each other the same. So let's amplify that more and more, and let's experience a little bit more love in the air and forgiveness, of course. And please remember to pause every hour and hour for your traffic control and send your peaceful vibrations to everyone in the country and in the world, and definitely for yourself. Here's Kristen Hoffman, Love and Gratitude. Be good, everyone. Take care.
I'm Sister Jenna. You've been listening to America Meditating Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Did you enjoy that conversation? Because you can also listen to it on Spotify or on iTunes, 24-7, anytime, anywhere. I do trust we all have inner power to become our very best. When we listen with curiosity to learn more, we grow. So thanks so much for tuning in, and do be easy on yourself. Take care.